This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and Katie Balls. So today it seems like a little bit of a throwback because Liz Truss is making headlines once again and she's setting out her vision for conservatism today. Katie, this is a conference called Popular Conservatism. Can you tell us about what Liz Truss thinks about popular conservatism? She thinks it's good. But I think probably the issue we get to is what do we define as popular conservatism? But as you say, it feels like the Trussites are back today in the sense we have one Trussite leaving the field, Kwasi Kwarteng, who said he's going to step down. He, of course, served as Liz Truss's chancellor. I don't think it's hugely surprising. Ultimately, Kwasi Kwarteng has taken a very low profile since the very short-lived Truss premiership. He's given a few interviews where I think it's probably fair to say he has shown more signs of humility and regret no not always but generally saying we went too far and so forth than this trust has so you have an interesting contrast today with Kwasi Kwarteng kicking off the morning by saying that he won't be seeking re-election and Liz Truss holding this popular conservatism launch, also called PopCon, where she almost doubled down on her views. And it wasn't just Liz Truss at this. Ultimately, the event was led by Mark Littlewood, formerly of the IEA. He is the director of the project and also someone who Liz Truss wanted to give a peerage to but was not able to in the end. So clearly they're quite close. Now, when it comes to what this group is meant to do, it's meant to be a grassroots group. So it's not just another Tory caucus, they will say. Mm. It is actually about uh, trying to have a conversation across the country about conservative ideas and conservative arguments. And I went along for the conference. It was it was quite busy to the point that because I arrived just before I sat on the floor for the, a <laughs> glorious hour listening to them all speak. But it was Jacob Rees-Mogg, Liz Truss, Lee Anderson. And then you also heard from a Tory candidate called Mari Fraser, who is the candidate for Epsom going for this one. So there was almost a sense too of the future. Mm -hmm. In terms of, I suppose, first off, Liz Truss's comments, she talked about left-wing extremists. She said that some in her party, when they were deciding Tory policy, were too obsessed with what policy would make them acceptable at a London dinner party. Liz Truss said she didn't have to worry about that because she isn't invited to London dinner parties, at which point there was quite a sympathetic noise from, I would say, quite a friendly crowd. And Liz Truss said, well, I might be getting some dinner party invites now. So that was the social calendar <laughs> side of things. I think probably on the more substantial point, she said it was time for not just MPs, but ultimately those with Tory tendencies across the country to find resilience and bravery to start making conservative arguments. She said, I believe the fundamental issue is that for years and years and years, conservatives are not taken on the left-wing extremists and gave some examples of um, how they're now masking, not as socialists or communists, but often in equalities groups, you see them lurking there and they would have to do more. She also criticised the Today programme saying, if you listen to the Today programme, you always hear them saying they want to, you know, more taxes, more checks, more regulation. Not that she would advise anyone to listen to the Today programme. So I think to sum it up, it was pretty much Liz Truss unleashed. It didn't really feel like it was Liz Truss looking back on her premiership and talking about what she would have you know, done differently in that thing. It almost feels as though I think she's now turned a page and 
has bounced back and is much more thinking about the future. And that's why I think having that Tory candidate there was quite interesting because she gave a speech all about the nanny state, criticising Rishi Sunak's cigarette policy, saying, you know, nanny has to go away, um, not referring to Jacob Rees-Mogg's nanny, even though he was there. And I think you put that all together and it feels as though this launch today in the group is a little bit less about what happens in the build-up to the election and election and probably more about the battle of ideas after and the fact they're already finding candidates this person should win if the polls stay they are it's pretty safe seat finding candidates who are going to advance those when it comes to the new party Fraser, what do you make of the uh, list of attendees there? Katie's mentioned a few, but apart from Conservatives, there was also uh, Nigel Farage, who was there. Um, as a journalist. As a journalist, you're right, of course, Katie. But w- w- does this tell us anything about the future direction of, I guess, right-wing discussions in the UK, perhaps after the next election? Well, I was, I was actually more struck by who wasn't there. I mean, Simon Clark was supposed to be there, but they dropped him because, of course, he's now calling for Rishi Sunak to go. So they wanted to present themselves as people who are having debates about the Conservative Party not trying to get rid of Sunak. Another dropout was Reinald J. Wardner. He, he was one of Liz Truss's ministers, but he pulled out. Apparently, he was worried that the group seemed to be too anti-Rishi, so he released some loyal statement about a vote for Labour is a vote to the past. So you can tell that even those present are aware that this is not helpful to the Prime Minister, this is not helpful in trying to win the next election. Let's remember what Liz Strutter's broader objective is. She has a book coming out relatively soon about all of this. She's trying to position herself as a sort of transatlantic figure discussing the future of the right in Britain and in America. I think she's one of those testing the waters to see if there is a sort of a Trumpite reflection in Britain to moving somewhere. My own view is that there is not, and that she is in danger of using some language which will place her at a fringe. I don't think that's what she intends. But, you know, she's talking about the phrase left-wing extremists. Mm. They weren't extremists, what she's talking about. This is fairly standard policy. You might disagree with it, and I certainly do. But it's difficult to say that it's extreme to be promoting, like, identity politics. This is happening in and out of public institutions day in, day out. But this is the language which she's using. It's her versus the extremists. It is a, there is a kind of woke takeover that she's standing athwart. The Conservative Party hasn't t- taken on these people. So this is a more confrontational language which will be chiming with her book, I imagine. But I don't think it will get much traction in the party when it comes to decide who's going to replace Sunak post-defeat, which in my view is what this is all about. Katie, how has this conference landed with observers more generally? I can imagine much of the country, some of whom listen to this podcast, whenever they hear Liz Truss talking again as, as a collective groan, but inside the Conservative Party, how do they feel about her kind of taking this kind of thought leadership role now? Yeah, I mean, I think the jokes write themselves when it comes to popular conservatism, when, uh, you know, there was a poll by Savanta, which has found that I think 65% of voters take an unfavourable view of Liz Truss, compared to 11% who hold a favourable view and then probably some don't knows or in the middles so I think there is a sense of exasperation in large parts of the Tory party um, just uh, you know is another distraction is another chance for Labour to focus on Liz Truss to point to the Liz Truss premiership and remind voters of that and that is something which is just a headache for Downing Street and you've seen that today the opposition trying to jump on it I think lots of Tory MPs would like Liz Truss to opt for a quieter post number 10 life rather than the one she has gone for but I think she was probably always going to do something like this in a way watching her speak today 
she appeared much more comfortable, you know, a lot less wooden, I think, than some of the prime ministerial mm. speeches. And that's partly because, you know, after we said, oh, is there a speech text? Like, no, because she was speaking off the cuff and from the heart. Now, I'm sure she didn't ad-lib the entire thing. But there is something to, I think, the point about Liz Truss being that she is someone who's come up through, you know, these different movements, this idea of, you know, think tanks that she's wanted to be part of, you know, championing these low tax ideas and so forth. Liberty being one of her focuses to, and I think that it means that she is quite content, um, almost speaking to the faithful and obviously trying to expand that out. But in that room today, she got a very good reception. Now, it wasn't a huge room. I think it was the second largest room at the Emanuel Centre. They didn't go for the the, the, the larger uh, theatre style one. The, the one that the spectators uh, filled out a few times with yeah, coffee house shots. Though we have also sometimes gone for the second room, so I'm not <laughs> going to be too judgmental there. And, and she did have, have it pretty packed. But I mean, clearly, I think you can see in lots of the things Liz Truss has done since she has left number 10, it, to me, it does not feel as though she is trying to speak to the general population at large. She is trying to speak to the Tory party and Tory activists. And that's why you always get back to that point, which is, could she shape things after an election? I don't think you are going to see Liz Truss as the kingmaker or queenmaker. But I do think you saw just a bit today in some of the candidates. There was another who was meant to be there, but their wife went into Labour. There is this side, I think, story of... There are some MPs on the right who are not in government right now who are making a big effort to befriend the candidates as they come up. And that does tell you something about not necessarily the leader succession, but about trying to get the party to a point where it moves a bit in your direction on ideas. And you can see that in lots of things right now. It's partly this fight about, you know, should Rishi Sunak stay in place and this small group of plotters... I mean, one of the arguments is if he is focusing on the blue wall, can we change it to the red wall? And to get that, do we have to get a different leader? Because then some of these MPs might keep their seats and then the party becomes X after the election. So I think all roads really are kind of going back to that at the moment. And Fraser, finally, um, yesterday we got the very sad news from Buckingham Palace that the king has been diagnosed with cancer. Do we know anything more about their situation now? We don't know anything more than the statement gave us last night, but nor would we really expect to. And um, In these cases, it will be quite some time before any developments would be realistically expected. We do know that he's out and about. He travelled by helicopter to Sandringham today, um, and he was pictured for the first time since his diagnosis. He was you know, waving to... Um, well-wishers and looking his normal regal self. So I don't think this is going to be a developing story, as it were. It certainly has raised a whole bunch of questions about William's duty, about any rapprochement with um, with Prince Harry and um, various other aspects of that ongoing royal saga. It's one of these strange things, as with royal, most royal stories, how everybody is talking about it. It's a subject of a lot of people's minds, the kings and a lot of people's prayers. But there, the council was caught early, as the Prime Minister says, and there is no real reason to, to be alarmed yet. Katie and Fraser, thanks very much, and thank you very much for listening.